Well, we have been talking about supernatural acceleration now for several weeks, and I want to continue with it today. And unless the Lord says differently, I think maybe this might be where we finish up on this particular subject for now. I say that with a little asterisk by it because anything can change. We just want to flow with the Holy Spirit. But has anybody gotten anything good out of these last few weeks of church besides me? Because I'm loving it. I hope you are, but I'm loving it. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. And uh, I've got some good things for us today. I know the Lord wants to say some powerful things to us. So open your Bibles with me, please. If you'll find the book of Mark chapter 16. While you're looking for Mark 16, I'm going to ask them to put Amos chapter 9 verse 13 on the screen, and this has been the foundation text for this series on supernatural increase. And if you haven't been with us so far for any of this and some of it's new to you, I encourage you, go to our YouTube channel, go to our website. All the messages are there. They're free. Get caught up with us and feed on these things, and they'll be a blessing to you. Praise you, Lord. Amos chapter 9, verse 13, and we'll have this on the screen for you, it says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes him who sows seed, the mountains shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. The Message Bible makes it even more clearly, to, puts it more clearly to me. It says it like this. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree. It's one thing if I stand here and say it. It's another thing if God says it. It won't be long now. Whose decree? God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. Listen to that part again. One thing fast on the heels of the other. I want that phrase to really stand out to you today. I want to spend some time talking about that, and I want these words to paint pictures for us. One thing fast on the heels of the other. Sarah mentioned a few moments ago that our brother Jordan, who you know is our worship leader, uh, a few weeks ago injured himself and ruptured his Achilles heel. And we had been in this series uh, several weeks at that point. And he so blessed me because just, I don't know, 24 hours or so after he did that and had to do all the medical procedures to take care of it and all that. He told us, he, had been, he went straight back to this word, and he said, that's my word. One thing, fast on the heels. <laughs> and man, that blessed me. That's when the word of God becomes a living word to you. Man, when you can see it and you think, you, you read something over and over, maybe even hundreds of times, but it takes the Holy Spirit to illuminate something you've seen again and again in a brand new way. And he grabbed a hold of that word. And I know he would appreciate you adding your faith to ours and the prayers that we've already prayed. Guess what he's believing God for? Some supernatural acceleration. Can you add faith to us and our family for that? We will have it, glory to God. And then we're already having it. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You ever heard anybody use that expression before, hot on the heels? Well, what does that mean? It means something happened, and then almost before that could even finish happening, the next thing was happening, and the next thing was coming. Fast on the heels. He went on to say, you won't be able to keep up. Somebody say, yes, Lord. <laughs> Everything 
will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, what? Blessings. Blessings everywhere you look. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and, he and hills. Almost said heels, but that too. <laughs> and I just feel so bad with, for people that live in Texas because it's so flat and they don't have any mountains to look at and they just have to imagine when they read scriptures like this. But you and I are surrounded by mountains. We're, we're surrounded by hills and all we have to do is look out the window and we can imagine what the Spirit of God wants to do. Blessings flowing off these mountains. And I love right where we're situated here, like down in this valley and you look up that way and there's just thousands of feet of mountains that, that rise up above us. And you look out this way and another couple of thousand feet of mountains that rise up above us. And I am busy imagining it with, with everything I got right now. Blessings just flowing down those mountains and overtaking us in this place. Deuteronomy 28, all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. It's happening. Thank you, Lord. It is happening. One thing fast on the heels of the other. Go to Mark chapter 16. Did you find that? Mark chapter 16, and we'll look at verse 20. And this is the very end of this book of Mark. And what has just taken place is Jesus has just given his disciples that commission to go. Go into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel. Go preach, he said. And he talked about the authority that had been given to him. And he talked to, to them about the signs that would follow the preaching of the word, that would, that would happen for those who believed the word. And he said, you're going to cast out demons. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to, be, they're going to recover. You're going to speak with new tongues. He said, all of this would happen as you go preach the word. And we see what happened in verse 20 after Jesus ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says, and they went out and preached everywhere. Notice this, the Lord working with them. Now that word them is in italics in, your, in many of your Bibles, which means that word was put there by the translators. It wasn't in the original text. I'm not saying it's a bad translation, but just take it out and listen to what it says. They went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with and confirming the word. The Lord working with the word and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Now, there's two phrases I want you to pay close attention to. And if you're taking notes, you can write them down or mark them in your Bible. Notice, first of all, this phrase, the Lord working with. And again, the translators added the word them, which is, again, it's not, a, it's not bad, and I don't believe it changes the verse, but we do have to work to understand it. This phrase, the Lord working with, when you look it up, it's one word in the Greek. That whole phrase, the Lord working with, is one word, and it's the word synergeo, synergeo. It's a word that means to be a fellow worker, to cooperate, or to help, or to work with, or to work together. Synergeo, to work together. Do you hear a word in that Greek word that we have? What do you hear? Synergy. This is where we get the word synergy. And if you look deep within the word synergy, what, uh, what word do you hear inside that one? Energy. You hear energy. Now, the prefix syn, S-Y-N, not S-I-N, S-Y-N, 
is a prefix that if you look it up, it literally means together. Now, you've got a certain amount of energy. You've got, a, you've got a certain amount of power that you on your own can produce. But synergy is when I bring the power that I have and I put it together with the power that you have. And now we're accomplishing more than either one of us could on our own. But notice the, the synergistic power we're talking about here. We're not talking about your pl power plus my power. We're talking about the Lord working with. Working with them. The Lord working with the word. So you've got your power, but then he adds his. You know what this makes me think of? It makes me think of this time in John chapter 6 when the disciples were out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And there was a great windstorm that was blowing against them. Now, if you hadn't been with us, let me catch you up. We've been talking about this very thing for weeks now. Because these guys were out there in the middle of that lake, rowing, rowing, rowing hard against the wind. And how far did they make it? Well, the Bible tells you, three or four miles. Do a little study, you'll find out that's about halfway. They made it about halfway after hours and hours and hours on their own, rowing against the wind, bringing all their power, right? But who remembers what happened? In the middle of the night, Jesus comes walking on the water to them. And they, at first they thought it was a ghost. Then he said, hey, it's me. Don't worry about it. And then they willingly received him into the boat. But as soon as he got into the boat, what happened? Immediately. I need to hear you say it. Immediately, they were at the other side where they were going. What happened? Synergy. Only this kind of synergy wasn't Jesus getting in the boat saying, hey, you guys got an extra oar? Let me row with you here. And you know what? If he had, might have shaved a couple of minutes off their time. But this synergy was not human power plus more human power. This synergy was all the work they had already brought and then the Lord working with them. And the result was what? Huh? More power? The result was way more power than what just you or I could put together. The result was so much power that it, it manifested in a supernatural law that broke every natural law, and they were there immediately. Acceleration. The Lord working with them. So this phrase, the Lord working with them, meaning synergeo, synergy, this working together. But I want you to notice this other phrase in this verse. Look at it again, Mark chapter 16. They went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. If you're looking at a King James Bible and others that might say through signs following, accompanying or following. Now this word, accompanying or following, is this other Greek word, and I'm going to sound super smart, epakalutheo. You're impressed, aren't you? Epakalutheo. You're like, oh, pastor, I didn't know you spoke Greek. Like as of yesterday afternoon, I now speak this word, apokalutheo. Now this word apokalutheo is two Greek words, and another prefix here, epi. And this word epi literally means 
over or upon or right up against. It's a word, it's a positioning word. It's a positioning word that describes the position of something. It's, it's, it's something that's either over it or, or upon it or, I like this one, right up against it. And then you add this other word to it, apokalutheo, and that is the word that means to follow. It's a word that means, um, well, it's the word that was used to describe the disciples. When Jesus introduced himself to them and said, come, follow me, apokalutheo me, come, follow me. But when you put these two words together, epi and this other one, it doesn't just mean follow, it means follow closely. It means follow right up against. Now there's a, a phrase that's been popularized in the church over the last few years. Sometimes, you know, we got to laugh at ourselves. When I say ourselves, I mean Christian people. We say some funny stuff, don't we? We speak sometimes in a language that people have no idea what we're saying. And we, we take it upon ourselves sometimes to change our vocabulary because we want other people to understand what we're saying. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but have you noticed that some people have ditched the word Christian in exchange for the phrase Christ follower? It just sounds good, doesn't it? I'm a Christ follower. Oh, you mean Christian? Yeah. Christ follower. And it's a good thing. I'm not knocking it. It's a good thing to be a Christ follower. But there's another question that you should be asking. Either yourself. Well, let's just leave it at that. Just ask yourself. If you're a Christ follower, that's good. The next question is, how closely? Because you can follow. You can follow from a mile away. Huh? You could say, hey, you go on ahead I'll be there in a few hours. Are you following him? Yeah, but not real close. So is it a good thing to be a Christ follower? Of course it is, but what's the next question? How close? How close are you following? I like the way David said it. My soul follows hard after you. Doesn't that paint a picture for you? Kind of paints a picture for me like God's walking and David is so close behind him that if God were just to stop for a second, David probably bump into, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I bumped into you there for a second. Following close, following hard after him. I was meditating on this yesterday, actually late last night, laying in bed, this is before we turned out the light, Sarah's on her side, she's studying, I'm on my side, just thinking, praying, studying, thinking about this. I was like, Lord, I need an example of this. What's an illustration of it? And I just started laughing out loud. And Sarah said, what are you laughing at? I said, I got it. I figured it out. I know the example. And I was explaining to her what I was thinking about. And the, the perfect example is our dog. <laughs> we have a 75-pound golden doodle named Gunner. And this dog is a follower. Now, he used to do this to me until I had a talk with him. I would get up and leave a room. Now, we have wood floors in our house, and his little nails would tap, 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 tap on the wood floor, and he was always right behind me, always. One day, I even got a video of it. I, I got my phone out, and on selfie mode, just videoed him, and I'd stop, and he'd stop, and I'd go, and he'd go. 
and I'd turn around and surprise him and he'd act like he wasn't following me. <laughs> and it's fine, except that noise, the tap, 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 tap. I couldn't take the noise and so I talk to Gunnar sometimes like he's a human and like he's good. I said, bro, listen, you gotta stop, man. I can't deal with the noise. I'm not going anywhere. And I think that's what he's concerned about. Where are you going? I wanna go. Are we going outside? Let's go outside. That sounds like fun. You wanna go outside? No, I'm not going outside? Okay, that's fine. We wouldn't have to go outside. Where do you wanna go? I'll go. Let's go. You wanna go to the kitchen? Oh, I love the kitchen. Let's go to the kitchen. <laughs> and I was like, bro, you gotta quit. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to that room. Just go sit down. And we had this conversation over and over and over until for the most part, he stopped following me. But he loves Sarah. <laughs> that dog follows hard after Sarah. And wherever she goes in our house, from the time she lets him out in the morning, which is also a funny thing within itself. Because when she and I get up, you know, so waking up, and still a little sleepy, and she comes, she gives me a hug. Hey, good morning. Hey, how are you? I always know when she's got Gunner out, though, because she opens the door and is like, hey, buddy. Good morning, handsome. I'm like, are you talking to me? No? Oh, Gunner? Okay. It's fine. No, it's fine. He, you know, it's, it's fine. And from that moment until we put him away at night, he follows hard after her. And he goes wherever she goes. He goes wherever she goes. And he will not leave her alone into our room. And she shuts the bathroom door, but I, he's just like right there waiting for her. He's like, come out, please come out, come, please come out, please. And as soon as she comes out, he's like hot on her heels. Did you catch that? Yeah. Hot on her heels. What am I telling you? I'm telling you, you and I should follow Jesus like Gunnar follows Sarah. Yeah. There's probably a scripture for that somewhere, but just take my word for it. Following closely. But do you notice in this verse what he's talking about following? He said those signs are going to follow and those signs are going to confirm the word. And how, when are they going to follow? Hot on the heels. See, we've been talking about acceleration. And what the Holy Spirit is endeavoring to get us to do is increase and up our expectation, not expecting things to just take a long time, not expecting our faith to take years and years and years and years to become sight. Now, we're willing to stand, aren't we? We are willing to stand all the way to the end. And we don't care how long it takes, but the expectation is what I'm talking about. We're talking about developing an expectation that the Spirit of God and the Word of God will produce and begin to move in our lives. And those things we release faith for, we see them. We experience them. We encounter them in a new way. Amen? Actually expecting these things to take place in an accelerated way. Well, listen. This is the way God always intended it. Jesus told them, go preach. So they went and preached. And what happened? The Lord worked with this synergistic power working with the word and confirming the word with signs that came six to eight weeks later, with signs that came 10 to 12 years later, signs 
that followed epic, ep, ep, that one word, <laughs> right now. They follow the preaching of the word. They follow how? Closely. Hot on the heels. So get the picture. These guys go out and preach. They preach the word. They preach Jesus Christ is the son of God, crucified, buried, and risen again. And what happened immediately? Signs, wonders, miracles. The same stuff that happened in Jesus' ministry happened in them, happened for them. Why? Because there's some synergistic power. It's not just these guys standing up there preaching under their own power. It's not just these guys in their own power trying to operate in ministry. The Lord is working with. Now, he is working with them preaching. Notice it didn't say they went home and laid on the couch and the Lord working with their laziness caused signs and what? No, they stepped out by faith. They launched out and began to preach the word and the Lord said, I can work with that. I can work with that. And he added his super to their natural and it produced something. And when did it produce it? Right away, right away. Preaching signs, preaching signs, preaching wonders, preaching miracles to the point where they just expected it. Why aren't we expecting it? Why have we convinced ourselves that our prayer of faith, that our stand of faith, that the preaching of the word that we sit under and we receive is right, it's good, it's God, and hopefully someday it'll produce something. That's not the way God intended this. You go back to the beginning, and he said, you go preach, and I'll work with you. You declare the word, and I'll work with you, and I'll work with the word, my word, that's coming out of your mouth. Say amen if you believe this. Amen. The Bible says in the message translation of, the, of this verse, then the master Jesus, I like this, after briefing them, was taken up to heaven. He sat down beside God in the place of honor and the disciples went everywhere preaching, the master working right with them, listen to this word, validating the message with indisputable evidence. Important thing to make note of here is what's he validating? Not the preacher. Who's he confirming? Not the preacher. Why do I have to say this? Because we have such a tendency I've done it, you've done it, we all have. To see something good and something God happen, and immediately we look to that preacher. We look to that man or woman of God who the Lord used to work it through, and we think that's a validation and a confirmation of them. It's not. It is a confirmation of his word. Signs, wonders, and miracles, what do they prove? Well, many people would say they prove the existence of God. It proves, these miracles prove the sovereignty of God. To that I say wrong. Signs, wonders, and miracles prove the validity of the word. A sign is just something that points, right? And what is the sign? Somebody receives healing miraculous, well, that's a sign. But what is that sign pointing at? Well, you know it ain't pointing to the preacher. I feel like I need to say that again. You know it's not pointing to the preacher. So it would be a waste of time to exalt that preacher. Thank God for him. Yes, we thank God for preachers. I, I agree. 
I'm thankful for the men and women of God that he used in our lives to bring us the word. Absolutely. Have the utmost respect for them. But God's not confirming them. He's confirming his word. The glory goes to his word. The attention goes to his word. The praise and the honor goes where? To his word. To his word. And you think, well, it's proving the sovereignty of God. No, it's not. It's proving the validity of his word. It's proven that his word is right. It's proven that his word is real, that his word is alive. That's what these signs and wonders and miracles that follow right on the heels of the preaching, they confirm the word. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.